Welcome to Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted. Thank you for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted, where biblical truths are shared. My goal is to uplift and challenge you today to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Oh, one more thing. I want you to know you are the most courageous person I know, even though we have never met. Our journey informs me that you are indeed courageous. You're gifted, you're smart, funny, and kind. So please pause for a moment, take a deep breath, and be blessed. Today we're going to be talking about Samuel 1 and 2. The principle we're going to be looking at today is that God qualifies those he calls. Now, if you take the book, 1 Samuel 1 and 2, there are four main characters, although there are other significant people in these two books. The four main ones are Samuel, Saul, Jonathan, and David. So what I'm going to talk about is their life before, doing, and after in terms of their relationship and ministry to the Lord and what the Lord had called them to do. Now, starting with... Samuel. Samuel was the oldest son of Hannah, and she had prayed and asked the Lord for a child. The Lord heard her prayer and gave her a son. Now from birth, she dedicated him to the Lord. And when he was weaned, generally between the age of four and five, she took him to be trained by Eli, who was the priest of Israel at that time. Now he would remain with Eli until Eli's death. We don't know what the age is or the the span of time between when he actually stepped into the role as priest after Eli's death and when he became priest. We don't know that timeline, but the Bible does give give us a small indication that it may have been almost 20 years before he actually took that role, but we're not really sure. So he does become priest of Israel. And he remains in that office until he dies. Now, in terms of Saul, Saul comes on the stage as a young man, not like Samuel, who was dedicated at birth. Now, he doesn't seek to be king, but he is anointed to be king because at that time, Israel had asked for a king. And the Lord chose Saul to reign over Israel The Bible tells us also that in 1 Samuel, that the Lord gave him another heart. In other words, he had a new birth experience. And from there, the Lord had made a promise to him that if he followed him, his commandments was obedient to him. In other words, that he abided with him, stayed in his word, he would always rule as king, and so would his descendants. Now, let's go to Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is Saul's son, and I think he's the eldest son, and he is slated to be king after Saul. Now, Jonathan comes on the scene as a young man as well, and he and he befriends David, who actually is his brother-in-law because David marries Saul's youngest daughter. Her name was Michael, and they become very good friends. Now, the role that he plays is his relationship to David. There's not a lot said about Jonathan in the Bible. 
but we do recognize that he is a man of God, that he is someone that is obedient to the word of God, and that he believed in the grace and the power of God. And he saw the anointing on David. And although he was slated to be king, King Saul's reign would not continue, that God had chosen someone else, Jonathan would spend the rest of his life ensuring that David came to the throne, and he did whatever he could to make that happen. Now let's move on to David. David also comes to the throne as a relatively young man. By the time he does take the throne, he's about 30 years old. But he was anointed as a child, not as young as Samuel at birth, but he was a child. He was the youngest, I think, of, I think it was eight children and, well, at least eight boys. I don't know if his father had uh, daughters, but at least eight boys. And David, the Bible tells us that he is a man after God's own heart. And he remains that way pretty much the rest of his life, although he did make several mistakes. He did love the Lord. Now, his reign was a span of about 40 years. He reigned as king once he finally came to the throne. And he took the throne when he was around 30 years old. What did the Lord call these men to do? He called Samuel to be a priest. Saul was called to be a king. Jonathan, he was called to be a friend of David's, and David was called to be a king. Now, what's interesting about these four individuals, they all were called by God for a certain purpose at a certain time. God equipped each one of them to fulfill their role. For each of these men, the Lord made a promise. If they would follow him, be obedient to him, keep his laws, abide in him, then they would fulfill their role and serve him in that capacity and the Lord would be glorified and these men would be honored. Now, how did God prepare them to fulfill their role? Well, for Samuel, and some of this is going to be redundant and I'm sorry, but for Samuel, his mother prepared him and so did Eli. For Saul, Samuel helped Saul to make that transition from, you know, just a regular person to being king. He instructed him. He taught him how to seek guidance from the Lord. He taught him how to trust the Lord. Saul and Samuel actually became very close. Now with Jonathan, the Lord taught Jonathan to be a friend. Although his father was preparing him to be king, the interesting thing about that, the Lord taught Jonathan to allow him to rule his heart. And his father was teaching him how to rule a nation. So with those two elements in place, he became the best friend that Jonathan could have had during that period of time when he needed him the most. Now with David, the Lord started his preparation with him when he was tending his father's sheep which taught him humility, taught him stewardship, taught him how to lead. And one thing about David, he took his role so seriously that the Bible tells us that he was even willing to give his life in defense of the sheep that his father had trained him to take care of. 
He would later spend time in the palace of the king. So he saw the goings and comings and he saw how that type of lifestyle and being in that type of environment worked. And then later he would go back out in the wilderness when he was running from Saul. This was a period of time that the Lord taught him how to trust him, how to uh, lean on him, how to totally depend on him, especially in troubled times when things were really, really hard. And then when he became king, the Lord continued his training and teaching him how to rule with a servant heart. Just keep in mind, other than Samuel, you have Saul, Jonathan, and David who was called into service by the Lord because Israel asked for a king. If you go to 1 Samuel chapter 12, in verse 12, and the Lord said to the children of Israel through Samuel, and it's in the latter half of verse 12, it says, Nay, but a king shall reign over you when the Lord your God was your king. In other words, you already had a king, but since you asked for a king, you no longer want God to rule over you. He goes on to explain what that will look like, but he made all of them a promise. And this in verse 14. If ye will fear the Lord, and serve him, and obey his voice, and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigns over you continue following the Lord your God. But he does give them a warning in verse 15. He says, But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was against your fathers. After they have been called into service, what did they do? And how did that calling shape their life? Now for Samuel, he was called to be a priest and he was a faithful priest. One of the things that stands out for me with Samuel is that he was a praying man. He prayed for the nation of Israel and he labored among the people. You read this in 1 Samuel where he would go to different places and he would hold services. He started the school of the prophets. So not only was he a priest, but he was a teacher as well. Now Saul, unfortunately, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 13, it says, Saul reigned one year and when he had reigned two years over Israel, things began to change. You get the impression that Saul stopped walking with God. And this generally doesn't happen all at once. The generally a series of things starts happening. You stop reading your Bible as much. You may be slacking off going to church or you stop being involved in church. You stop being involved in things that are designed to help you develop your relationship with the Lord and also be a service to him, you start pulling back from those things. And I think this is what happened to Saul. If you study Saul's life, you would notice that one of the things he did not surrender to the Lord was his pride. And those two big mistakes he made was a result of pride. And where the Lord had to tell him, I am rejecting you as king. But the important thing to remember Although he rejected him as king, he did not reject the person, not at that time. And he would labor with Saul to try to get Saul to come back to him for the rest of his life. But Saul chose a different path. 
Unfortunately, Saul also had an issue with disobedience. He experienced a lot of jealousy. And that jealousy turned to hatred, which also turned to wanting to kill someone. And he would spend a considerable amount of time chasing David, wanting him dead. Let's turn to David. David marries Saul's daughter. If you do the calculation, you come in with almost 12 years that David ran from Saul. But what did the Lord use that experience of him living in the wilderness, running from Saul? That was really important and used later on that helped him to be the king that he ended up being. It taught him war. It taught him leadership. It taught him to trust God implicitly. It taught him to just depend on him completely. A lot of the songs that David wrote was when he was running from Saul. And he really struggled with that. He was away from home. He was away from family. He didn't understand why the man he loved, that his father-in-law wanted him dead. It just didn't make any sense. What did I do wrong? Just say in chapter 10 of the Psalms, it says, In times of trouble, the wicked in his pride does persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. But one thing I like about David when he writes these songs, he starts off just in such despair. And in most cases, by the time he finishes writing the song, we don't know how long it took him to write some of these songs. But by the time he finished, he was in a totally different place. But I really appreciate how he learned to praise God in these songs during this time he's running and where he would say like in chapter 18 I will love thee O Lord my strength the Lord is my rock the Lord is my fortress the Lord is my deliverer my God my strength in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from my enemies. But this was the man that was running from his father-in-law. Let's talk about Jonathan. Jonathan remained faithful to God. Jonathan remained faithful to his father, his earthly father. And Jonathan remained faithful to David throughout that whole period of time. I don't see Jonathan feeling divided or pulled in two different places. The Lord taught him to be faithful and content in all situations. And that's what you see in the life of, of of Jonathan. And I wanted to read some quotes from a book called Hugs for Friends. And this so described Jonathan's personality to me. Now this, who wrote this poem, is, is not known. It's an unknown author. But it says, some people come into our lives and quickly go. Some stay for a while and leave footprints on our hearts, and we are never the same. I'm going to read you another one. This one was written by Erin T. Randall. Real friends are those who, when you've made a fool of yourself, don't feel that you've done a permanent job. And this one is another one that's the author's unknown. It says, friends are angels who lift our feet when our own wings have trouble remembering how to fly. And the last one I'm going to read to you, this was actually written by Helen Keller. And she says, 
With the death of every friend I love, part of me has been buried, but their contribution to my being of happiness, strength, and understanding remain to sustain me in an altered world. That was Jonathan. And the Lord raised him up to be David's friend. Yes, each of them was given a role to play in history. Samuel fulfilled his role, Jonathan and David. Unfortunately, Saul did not. He had a very tragic end. The Bible tells us that Samuel died of an old age. David died of an old age. Jonathan died in battle, but he was not old. He was probably still relatively young, and his father killed himself. Yet God had called them all. God has given each of us a calling, and he is committed and prepared to help us reach and fulfill our calling. Remember, the principle is that he qualifies the caller. It's not about feeling or believing that you are ready to do what God has called you to do. It's trusting that if he has called you to a work, he will prepare you, he will educate you, he will give you the courage, he will give you the determination, he will train you to do that very work. And the four men that we have talked about tonight, that's exactly what he did. And he will do that for us as well. That's why dyslexia is not an obstacle. It's not a barrier. It is not a hindrance to what God has called us to do. Because God is very aware of our dyslexia and what that means. And that is not a deterrent for him if he has something he wants us to do. So that is one of the reasons why I focus not on some of the nuances of their life, such as David, you know, um, having a, an affair with Bathsheba, or some of the things that Saul did or didn't do. I really wanted to focus on the fact that they were all called and that God qualified them and prepared them to fulfill the role he had called them to do. And this story is a perfect example of those who choose to walk with him, although they make mistakes, and those who do not. We can walk with him without dyslexia and all that means, and allow him to choose the work he has for us to do, and trust that he will fulfill it. I really encourage each of us to find out, if you don't already know, what work God has called us to do to finish sharing the gospel because the promise is when the gospel is gone throughout the world, he will come not only to share the gospel, but to live it, which is a call to action for each of us. And we can watch God do and finish his work in us as well as finish the work in others that he has called us to minister to. And my friends, that is good news. Thank you for listening to another episode from Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted. If you know an adult with dyslexia, please share these short devotionals with them. For more devotionals, please visit my website at www.wrpublication.com where you can read or listen to archive shows. 
Thank you again for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted and be blessed.